Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. If you're a Scotch fan like me, you appreciate the complex flavors and the century-old tradition that go into a bottle like Macallan 25. But the distilleries in Scotland aren't and can't stay still. Here's how they're evolving for the future. I'm Roger Chang, this is your Daily Charge. Joining me to talk whiskey is CNET senior European correspondent, Katie Collins. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Roger, thanks for having me. So as part of this feature, you had the uh, dreadful task of traveling to a number (laughs) of distilleries around Scotland. What was that like? I mean, um, oh, it was terrible. I had a terrible time. It was, no, it was, I had a, I had a great time. It was, um, this was kind of during the past few months in the summer and we had really good weather and we were traveling around, mainly around the East Coast. Um, you know, there were distilleries all over Scotland, but we focused um, on the East Coast just because it's quite accessible to us where we're based in Edinburgh. Um, and uh, we went to, we, our first stop was um, in uh, Speyside at the Macallan Distillery, um, which is an incredible um new building. I mean, obviously, Macallan is one of the really big names in single malt. um, And it's a very kind of old distillery. I think they've had a distillery on that site for like, um, you know, they can trace their whiskey heritage back sort of hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, But they've got this amazing new distillery that they opened in 2018. um, And it was incredible to see, you know, this, it was like a is as much as it was a factory it also felt like a kind of temple to whiskey you know they had all of their old bottles on display there they had you know they you know it was it was it was a work of art in itself um and it was just fantastic to go and see you know how um this really iconic product is made there um and then we kind of from there we journeyed down um into um Angus which is just it's about it was about 80 miles south um, on the coast and um, there's a, a new distillery that's opened up there recently I mean there are there are actually loads of new distilleries that are opening all over Scotland at the moment um, it's a real kind of boom time for new distilleries opening um, and this is um, in an old um, an old family farm and the the guy who showed us around John Sterling he's um it's 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 his family farm. They've opened this distillery there called Arbiki in one of the old cow sheds, um, and they are, um, uh, you know, they we, we kind of went out into the fields. They're a single estate uh, grain to bottle distillery, so they're doing everything. Everything that is that goes into the whiskey is from their farm, uh, and then um, back down in Edinburgh, we um, they're. There hasn't been there haven't been distilleries in Edinburgh for you know the last hundred years or so. It's been a long time since um, since there have been distilleries in Edinburgh, and there are a couple that are opening up. One that is going to be like a vertical micro distillery, doing some very kind of like cool experimental sort of fashionable things um, on the dockside in Edinburgh. Um, so yeah, it was fantastic to go and see all of these different, very very different distilleries all doing very different things, but kind of hoping to contribute to this 
um, you know, this big story and heritage of Scotch whiskey. Yeah, and going into this project, do you do you like whiskey? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, um, I, I, to be to be honest, whiskey is was, has never been my drink of choice. Um, but I have spent a lot of time tasting whiskies, um, and I'm really I've really learned to appreciate them. Um, and I think the whiskies that I'd had in the past were quite heavily peated whiskies, which tend to come from the islands and the west coast of Scotland. And uh, and you know there wasn't I didn't really I didn't really get on with those. But the whiskies this time um, I. I, I was I really am beginning to appreciate I can sort of start to tell the difference between them no, like notice the different flavors different notes in there um and actually one of my favorite whiskies that I tried was um the uh the 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 distillery Arbiki I mentioned they have um bought rye whiskey back to um Scotland for the first time in over a hundred years um and I really liked the rye whiskey actually I was um it was kind of a bit sweeter um and um i think probably a bit more in the american tradition to be honest of um of whiskey making and i really like that well you were looking at this story uh largely to, to sort of see how these distilleries who who have really uh were really the, the the process of making whiskey has has remained relatively unchanged for a long long time but you're, you're sort of looking at some of the innovations that were you know being put into the process I, I'm, I'm curious um uh, what you found and what, what some of those innovations were and really what's, what's sort of driving the change. Hmm. Yeah. I think the, um, uh, the big kind of, like you say, when it comes to how whiskey is made, you know, it's still basically the same process. It involves the same ingredients, you know, um, grain, uh, water, heat, um, yeast and um it's it's kind of a similar process but what's changing is um we're seeing more experimentation when it comes to um the kinds of grains that are being used um different yeasts the i think the way that someone explained this to me was that the kind of the yeasts that have been used in to make whiskies for years have just been the same and they're sort of mass produced and the idea is that it keeps all of the whiskies the same and um you know they it's maximized to know that they work really quickly and they work in a particular way but if you use different yeasts it's a little bit like more with kind of craft beer you get different tastes coming in so we're starting to see more experimentation with grains with yeasts um we're also starting to see some a, a lot of change in the in the processes to make everything more environmentally friendly um, the whiskey industry in scotland sets some ambitious targets for um that it you know set them a while ago actually um for ensuring that you know then that that they can continue to um make whiskey without harming the environment so it's things like you know um producing the producing lots of um the waste products are often sent off to biomass plants um to produce um energy elsewhere um the water that they use is kind of um treated and returned to the rivers um they're trying to ensure that you know um 
one of the distilleries I visited is trying to ensure that it's not harming the land um, when it's growing the because it takes quite a lot from the soil um, to grow um, the uh, the barley that's used in in the whiskey. So they're planting um, peas in between the barley to see if they can try and because peas return um, a lot of the uh, things that are taken out of the soil to the soil. So they're trying to make sure that they're um, you know they're 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 treating the land really well and you know there are a few good reasons for this i mean firstly you know as with lots of industries worldwide they they just they are recognizing their role as you know as kind of um you know they have to be more green um just generally but they they also see themselves as kind of custodians of the environment of Scotland of of its countryside of its agriculture um and it's really actually really important in Scotland that the climate you know the climate plays a really important role in how, why the whiskey tastes so good because it has this kind of constantly mild quite you know quite damp climate and that that for years and years the whiskey will mature in this climate and that's why it tastes the way that it tastes that's why it's Scotland is you know scotch is what it is it's really important so they they're really trying to ensure that um that that they don't harm the, this climate that they really rely on um to make the whiskey in the first place and beyond so the the sustainability aspect i know there were uh other things like things like manipulating molecules to to adjust flavor profiles like what what are some of the other um innovations being uh, put into this process yeah so um there's um I, I spoke to one of the scientists working at a local university here they have a really um great brewing and distilling center it's Harriet Watt University in Edinburgh um, and it's it's actually it's great because there are loads of because it because there, there is this course with all this experimentation going on means that there are loads of like craft breweries and craft distilleries popping up all around us at the moment which is great um, but the you know what a lot of what they're doing there is um, you know trying to um, you know like I was saying with the yeasts they're trying to kind of bring more flavors into into the whiskey making process that perhaps haven't been there before and they're finding some really interesting things you know they found um they were able to they they basically isolate these different yeasts and use them to make these miniature spirits um and see um you know will they'll put them in front of taste testing panels and see what people think and they found one that tasted had almost more tropical notes that you know pineapple notes which is you know as a whiskey drinker you will know it's not the usual thing and obviously the the thing about scotch whiskey is it still has to for it to be called scotch whiskey it still has to taste like whiskey it can't you know can't be too far off track um so it's it, it is subtle um but, you know, just finding, I think that there is a, a bit of a movement that is saying, well, you know, there are these big distilleries and they are known for, you know, like Macallan, they are known for, for making these whiskies and you know what the whiskey tastes like and every single year it tastes the same. Um, and that's kind of the point of it. You know, you can rely on it to taste a certain way. Whereas you've got these micro distilleries springing up that are saying, well, you know, we don't have this legacy where everyone has this expectation of what our whiskey tastes like. So why don't we try and, you know, say, oh, well, we, you know, we're going to 
differ it from year to year you can have vintages as you do in the wine world um and you know you might you might get a, a, a sort of a special batch that tastes um a bit different because they've used a different yeast or they've you know done something else slightly differently um so i think it's as a, the, the, there's a kind of an interesting mixture of you know this the science and the culture um kind of coming together to 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 challenge the status quo um, which i yeah. think is fascinating I, I do too. And the, the, I guess the interesting thing is, you know, because we obviously from, from a Cena perspective, we look at, you know, things like phones that take about 18 months to develop, whereas really a, a good uh, bottle of whiskey could take, you know, two decades, two and a half decades, right? Like how, how do you, how does, how do these companies or these distilleries introduce, you know, innovation and change, you know, into a process that can sometimes take, you know, years to really pay off? Yeah, I think that's it's so interesting when you speak to distillers because you know they are I I think that you know it comes back to the the kind of the climate change point that I made earlier. They are they are thinking ahead. You know, they're not thinking about what their product is going the, the product that they release next year is going to taste like and how it's going to be received. They're thinking, you know, minimum 12 if not 18 years or whatever in in advance and they're thinking about you know what will people want in that time and you know they have to um you know they have to mature their single molten casks for years and years um uh, and i think that there are there are some kind of things that they're doing in the meantime to um these newer distillers they often they are also alongside making whiskey they're also often making gin and vodka um uh, and you know introducing those kind of products because you can make those so quickly you don't need to mature them in casks but um you know i think that it's it the the kind of a lot of the new single malts um that are being made now and you know when i was touring the distilleries i saw kind of all of the casks stacked up in warehouses um, and that you know that they're they're not going to be open for, as you say, at least a decade. Um, so um, it's really it's exciting um, to see that you know this um, that, to know that that is coming, and people all over the world are kind of wanting to get their hands on these casks and are already snapping them up. There's been a big move to you know people investing in these whiskey casks and wanting to buy them now, knowing that they won't be able to get hold of them. Um, but yeah, it's definitely um, a, a sort of interesting seeing the, the the thinking that's happening today and shaping, you know, what will be the whiskey that we drink in 10, 20 years time. Definitely. I'm, you know, I've, my tastes have leaned more towards some of the, the Japanese whiskeys in recent mm. years. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm keen to like Yamazaki or Hibiki, but I'm keen to check out some of these new flavors. Uh, always, always a fan of innovation, even when it comes to scotch, which I tend to be a bit more conservative on, admittedly, but um, <laughs> looking forward to some of these new flavors. Katie, thanks for your time. You can check out our full story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>